there. Welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. Hey there, it's Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Hey, Will, it's Justin. Oh, yeah. what's up, Justin? He's over there. Yeah. What's <laughs> up, Justin? Over here now. Yeah, man. Yeah, they, uh, we rearranged the, 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 the seating arrangement at the studio tonight because our special guest in studio is Hank Steamer, who currently holds the title of Senior Music Editor at Rolling Stone. Uh, also drummer for the band Stats and Scriptor. Also the 2000, author of the 2011 book Chocolate and Cheese about the Ween album of the same name for the 33 and a third book series. Um, he's contributed in the past to GQ, Pitchfork, New York Times, Modern Drummer, Jazz Times, Noisy, and other uh, esteemed establishment publications. And he came down to Huntington Night to be in the studio and talk to us about death metal. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Thank you, Hank. How you doing? Did I get all that right? Uh, yeah, that, that was a fantastic intro. I, I appreciate <laughs> all it. All right, I appreciate man. it, yeah. I, well, I, I appreciate it, man. We appreciate your time, and we appreciate you being here. Oh, man. yeah, Thank no, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the podcast, so I'm really happy to do this, yeah. Speaking of podcast, I neglected to mention uh, you're also the host of the Heavy Metal Bebop uh, podcast, which is uh, it's an interview series that you kind of turned into a podcast. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Yep. And and it deals with the connection between uh, metal and jazz uh, through uh, you know interviewing guests. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, man. Very cool. So um, uh, before we get into all that, man, I, I, I set it up. Uh, but uh, how was your weekend, man? Be- you know, before we get too deep, it wasn't bad. Uh, it, it was actually my mom's seventieth birthday. Um, oh, so, birthday to her. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I surprised her. I went home to Kansas City. Um, wow. And and we had, um, uh, you know, it was a sort of a stealth mission, uh, and we, you know, the, the surprise was intact. She was she was totally surprised. Um, we had a nice brunch. We had a nice dinner, um, and then you know it was really just a one day thing. And mm-hmm. and while I was there, I was my, I have like a four year old twin niece and nephew, my sister's kids, and so. You know, there's a lot of rough housing, a lot of play, playing around with them, and I managed to hurt my back. You know, to, oh. it, yeah, <laughs> just, yep. uh, just uh, you know, playing with the kids. So, but you know, I, I feel like it was it was worth it. They had a wow. good time. You know, um, that's what wholesome man. That's yeah, great. That's yeah, a great just, story. Yeah, man. it was just yeah. you know, just a, it was just it was a great, nice family weekend. The wholesome awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to hear that, man. And, and cheers, cheers, and happy birthday to your mom. Thank man. you. Great, Thank man. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a nephew too, man. I know how it is, man. Trying yeah. to keep up with them, man. I got I got to pace myself next time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand backs yet. Wow, man! No. Wow, now their bones aren't even done yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, wait. I, now, Justin, what about your back? Because you, you, uh, you did a lot this weekend, right? My back is is a nightmare. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. Okay. But the weekend was okay. You know, if I go back yeah. to the weekend that I just had. Wait a minute. Was, <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Work with it. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty nice. You know, filled with some, uh, getting some work done around the house. That bathroom, mm-hmm. bud, not done yet. You know, the, fir- wow. you're the first person I'm going to call. Uh, yeah. To come over and, and really test it out. Yeah, I, I feel like we were interviewing bands that were on their demo when you started the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and now, that's they, right. now they're broken up. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Exactly right. Wow, uh, man. The saga continues. But uh, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, last night, I yes. uh, checked out. Um, fucking New York hardcore powerhouse uh, incendiary. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old brothers. They played the Paramount here in Huntington. Shout uh, to them. Yes. Uh, support for uh, Bayside, who was doing their thing. Interesting uh, Long Island centric build. Very much so. You know, yeah. you wouldn't believe uh, that. I mean, there is a crossover. You know? I'm, a, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People who love breakdowns also have heavy emotions. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I happen to be one of them. But, a, lot, uh, a lot of that stuff went hand in hand in the '90s and you know early 2000s. The hardcore, the screamo, the, you know, the, you know whatever, whatever yeah. you want to call it, man. Yeah. But uh, incendiary, uh, tight as always, man. Uh, great to see them in a big room like that. Uh, very, yeah. Very well received. You know, pseudo, awesome. pseudo hometown show, and uh, maybe we'll um, 
we'll reach out in the future and have a little incendiary on the hole. Uh, I think the maybe is whether or not they're going to be on the hole because we got to reach out. Yeah, we got to reach out to those guys. That's right. They're, they're working hard, man. We want to. We want a piece of the action. <laughs> yeah, give it, give it. Awesome, yeah. man. So, 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 and that was at uh, the Paramount here in Huntington. That's right. All right, awesome, man. Who else played? Uh, Saint Hood Reps, another okay. good um, Long Island like post hardcore alt grungy type type mm. deal going on. Saint Hood Reps. Yeah. All right, all right. Very, uh, very nineties uh, vibe. Um, super talented. You know, we were talking a little bit before we, we went on air about this uh, this uh, like grunge resurgence. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and uh, that they're they should definitely be uh, recognized for that. Yeah, I'm psyched for that. I I, I want to see like. Sonic Youth meets Morbid Angel. I want the OSDM yeah. to meet the grunge, yep. and that's where it like diverges. Yep. We'll see that, what that happens. That is a new frontier. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Blast beats a Stratocast. Mm. Yeah, man. Mm. What I feel like there was either a Stratocast or a Blast beat in your weekend somewhere, Tom. Uh, no, th- there was actually a missed Blast beat Uh-oh. because uh, Mortician played on Friday night. We all fucked shit. Up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. They. Died. I had a yeah. ticket to that show, and I did. You know, I didn't go because it was my mom's birthday. But I, I had a mm. ticket to the show. Yeah, I, how was it? I, it? Well, that's the thing. I missed the show myself. <laughs> I planned on going uh, um, I, I, even with a friend of mine who I yes, if I want a T-shirt. Nice guy, Russ, who we've interviewed. Russ, 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 Russ. Russ. Read the tongues. Yeah. Read the tongues coming out soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, so that sucked. But uh, I had to hang out with one of my worst friends, oh. Travis from Roast Mortem. Piece oh. of shit. Got to they hang let, out with him. He was in town. They they let him back. back. Yeah, yeah. There should be a passport thing between here and Portland. For him, something weird about it. Yeah. Anyway, I saw Travis, so that was good. We got our drinking in. We did all our, right. A live right. roast mortem once again. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a good time. Uh, wow. Will your weekend, sir? Uh, I I fucked. I missed Mortician. I, I I typically work <laughs> Thursday and Friday nights very late, though, man. And it's you know I'm, I I got a whole thing going on with my bands and my vacation time. I'm trying to get that work in while I'm home right now and before the holidays hit, man. So it's a little tough to get out to shows sometimes. Um, uh, you know, on Saturday it was actually, you know, uh, we, we started off on like the wholesome family guy, Tim. I love that, man. I, I had a little uh, a family event on Saturday. I saw some family members. I saw my little nephew, man. It was it was a great time. So my cousin and his wife and everybody. It was cool. Um, slipped him the little card, you know, with the cash. It was all gravy. Uh, speaking of gravy, we had a nice meal. Um, yeah, it was great, man. It was a beautiful weekend. I squeezed in a few hours of work that night, uh, Saturday. Uh, like that's what I'm saying. Man. I'm trying to crunch them on the overtime right now before I go away on a, on a tour or something. Allegedly, you know, yeah. artificial brain fans. Allegedly, maybe something. You know, I said too much. Um, <laughs> Are you slipping your little nephew like demos? Like maybe like you know, it's a little check in here. You know. uh, well, I I, little, I I have like a, a uh, use that old DSI. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I have like letters I'm writing him for when he can read, and I'm like I'm already easing him into music and things <laughs> and trying to keep him open minded. Yeah, it's a whole thing I got, man. You know. So should I die tomorrow? He's already got a whole letter detailing like why he should give the Chris Barnes era and the George Corpse <laughs> Grinder Fisher era a chance and, and get the most out of all the discography from Cannibal Corpse. That, Think, that, things a, like that. That's what I want to impart. As, like, you know, God forbid I go. Maybe we'll read the letters on a bonus episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody Steve, needs an Uncle Buck. Um, just, just playing around, man. We're kind of just like segueing right in, right off the bat. I love it because you already talked about your family, Kansas City. I mean, we're we're practice. We still got one foot there, man. Let's yeah. just step right back in for a minute, dude. Because I want yeah. I want to know, like, uh, you know, as much as you want to talk about your family more than you already have, but like, are you from a, a family that values music? A creative family is journalism in your family? Uh, I would say values music for sure. Okay. Um, I mean, right. my, my my parents are both. 
I wouldn't say they're like music obsessives, but there was a lot of stuff going on in the house. I mean, my, my parents, you know, definitely exposed me to like the Beatles early on. Um, and, you know, my dad, I would say is, you know, very much into what one would call like dad rock. You know, there's definitely a lot of like the Bob Seger um, and the Foreigner and, you know, just, just stuff like that. And, and, you know, my mom would always have, would have stuff on in the car, you know, um, but it wasn't like my, my parents aren't musicians or anything like, like, like they're not like yeah. serious, you know, heads of any kind. They're, they're just like, you know, they're, 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 my mom's, you know, into Elton John, Queen, things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's that's, kind of pretty, pretty f- fairly standard stuff. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. my, my parents as well. Man. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, so, um, growing up, I mean, you started, I know you, you started playing drums in high school, right? Yeah. That's Self-taught. Right. That's right. Uh, was there already interest in extreme music then, or was it just kind of like rock and roll at that point? Uh, no, it, it sort of, the, the metal thing was sort of a progression, like a fairly straightforward natural progression. It was like, you know, when I was in like early grade school, I was, you know, the glam glam metal stuff was starting to creep in. I, I think Def Leppard was probably the first thing that I remember hearing of that nature. I was definitely, I think I was into like, you know, Michael Jackson, things like that when I was really young. But mm-hmm. like Def Leppard, I remember having Hysteria and that was like a big portal into everything you know what i mean that was like yeah that was like that was a that was definitely the one of the early ones that i remember being like okay this is my tape like i'm into this kind of music and then slowly you know it was the era of like circus magazine things like that so it was you know uh it was it was def leppard it was poison it was it was molly crew and guns and roses i mean it was it was just you know like i say to people a lot you come home from school and turn on mtv and the top 10 videos were not hip hop videos. It was literally the top ten songs in the country were glam metal, which is just like it's it's, it's you know Cinderella, Skid yeah. Row, you know, which is weird to think about. I mean, yeah, like yeah. think about where those bands are now or what that kind of music or, means now. It's like this weird subculture of nostalgia or something like that. But that was literally the most popular music in the country. So you know Bon Jovi. So I was into all that stuff. I mean, definitely like um, and and then you know at a certain point, as I'm sure with many people of that age, you know Metallica came along. And, you know, it was the Black Album. I think a friend played it on some school trip. You know, uh, he's like, this is Inner Sandman or something like that. And, you know, it, I feel like I was kind of moving through these things like in stages. It was like, you know, the glam metal stuff. Metallica comes and it was like, oh, uh, it was a whole new thing. Then. <laughs> you know, it was like that yeah. was a total revelation. Yeah. Heard, heard, heard the Black <clears throat> Album and then went back. And then I think I just went backwards through the records. I think it was like, you know justice puppets ride the lightning and that was that was the first band where i felt like it was like this is like my entire life you know what i mean it was Mm -hmm. like just walking around my disc man i had all five you know records at the time and i was just completely obsessed with it you know all the records it it was just you know and then from there it was very much like what's it was always like what's the next step you know what i mean like like it was always like that it was it, you know it was it, it was it was you know and i think then you know you'd be starting to creep into like the headbangers ball era things like that mm-hmm. reading some magazines maybe rip magazine was a big one metal maniacs i used to have to drive to the um 7-eleven to get the the metal maniacs which was huge at that time yeah i used to read that a lot it, in the yeah i mean that was a hell of a magazine like it, it absolutely yeah, was because yeah. it, it tapped into the underground at that point you could write totally. to zines and tape trade through the like the personal personal whatever ass. section yep. that was yeah and they had like you know mike williams from my hate god was writing reviews yeah. for that and yeah. jeff wagner this uh, another writer great writer who's done that book on progressive metal he also has a podcast on radical research um but but yeah you know and, and, and Headbangers Ball was a big one and it would be like I, I feel like you know you'd start to get you know definitely so Metallica comes in Megadeth comes in Pantera was a huge one that was another like sort of threshold like okay that's sort of one 
one you know one step in a way not past Metallica but like it was that much more like holy there was a certain drive that yeah. was a bit more you know especially as their yeah. discography I mean I heard that I was just like I mean, I, I think Vulgar and uh, Far Beyond Driven hit me you know I was target demographic for that shit I was like you know what 14 15 something like and it was just like and, and you know starting to go see these bands live Danzig was enormous for me that was not you know we, we had this place, Memorial Hall in Kansas City. I saw at that venue, I saw Megadeth, I saw Danzig, I saw Pantera on the Far Band Driven tour. Um, awesome. I saw Nine Inch Nails on the on the uh, Downward Spiral tour. I saw, um, and I haven't really gotten to the death metal thing, but there was a very memorable show that was Sepultura on the KSAD tour. Wow. Fear man. Factory was on that bill, and Clutch, who was, I was huge into all three of those bands, still am very into Sepultura and Clutch, maybe Fear Factory a little bit less, but. But I sort of skipping around a little bit. But on Headbangers Ball, there was a sort of a seminal night where they played um, Rapture, uh, Morbid Angel. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, I think I was I tended to watch that show live, you know, while it was on. I tended to be sort of, you know, up. That and was kind of your thing. I was. Like, it was. I was. That was like uh, the pinnacle of the of the. You know what I mean? I was going to shows and stuff, but I was like, I got to see this show live because it was all kinds of amazing stuff every week. And when they played that Rapture, I mean, I felt like just my brain melted you know what i mean like like i i i was like because you know you're into metallic and you're pantera you kind of have this frame of reference for different kinds of metal kind of the way it goes like yeah. when they play that video i was like what in the fuck is yeah. is this yeah. fucking band it's like, a big leap what is like it's just like leap. what yeah. is this Where like, like this yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah i was like like what is going on I mean, you guys are familiar with that video itself I actually don't know the video. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's great, and it's and for a kid or you know an adolescent yeah, person like, coming of age in metal. It, yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. You should you should punch it up. It, 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 it sort of has like a sepia tone to it, and there's like this uh, creepy the, the, man. It's good. It was kind of this thing of like, um, it was kind of this thing of like them. You know, they they're kind of throwing this net on the on a heretic or something, and like capturing him while the band plays. I mean, it's it's like fucking terrifying. Yeah, see this, the guys getting sort of like. You know, and and you have you know Pete Sandoval back there just in this huge drum kit, and you know I think when he started singing, I mean if you even want to call it singing, whatever you know, there's probably a better word for it, but I, I don't know. I, I I just I can remember that like you know, like it was yesterday, like sitting in my parents' yeah. basement watching yeah. this video and just being like, what in the fuck? And it wasn't even necessarily like, oh, I like this. It was more just like, I need to know more about this because I have no idea what this is. How good are videos, man? How good were videos? Well, this was this guy. Actually, this guy, the the guy's name is Tony Kuhnwalder, I believe, who directed this in the God of Emptiness video. And, um, I mean, these videos are hugely... I mean, look at that. Like, Dave Vincent sitting there with the, you know, making these hand motions. Like... I mean, the videos, you know, this is this was really important. The imagery is very creepy. Mm-hmm. It's not just like some, like, band playing on a stage. Like, this was like some weird theatrical thing going on. And, you know, I, shortly after, I mean, often what would happen is I would see the videos on Saturday night. I would buy the records on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I would go, I, 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 like, and, 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 you know, went out and bought Covenant. I mean, Covenant, I don't even know what to say about it. It's, it's my favorite, not just my favorite death metal record, but my favorite metal record, period. It's one of my favorite albums, period, of all time. Well, if, if I yeah. could stop you yeah. right there, one of the things that you shared with us when we were first exchanging emails yeah. prior to this uh, interview 
was you wrote an article for Rolling Stone. That's right. Yep. About Covenant. That's right. Um, a very like in-depth uh, article about um, the, the the history of the album. Yeah. Where it stands in comparison to the albums that preceded it. Yep. I mean, it's it's a it's a very interesting article, and it speaks to um, obviously your your fascination and your appreciation with it. If you just look up, uh, you know, Hank Steamer, um, one of the first links that comes up is the Rolling Stone profile yep uh and then that links to a few dozen articles yeah yeah just, right? just yeah. the stuff i've written over yeah the past one, few years. one yeah. of which is that covenant article uh-huh. and then there's i know it's king crimson comes up a lot i've been doing a lot on king crimson lately yeah yeah, yeah really yeah. had a big prog prog phase this yeah a lot year. well a lot a lot yeah. of a lot of prog in, in general i noticed as i yep. was as i was yeah, that, through yeah, it. yeah yeah i feel like i've been sort of in this prog wormhole yeah um, it tends to be awesome. like the, yeah. the, that's one of those like top musicians bands yes you know I, yes. you're a musician <laughs> yeah, you, yeah it's yeah. like i don't really know so any, cool. yeah i don't know any like musician folks who aren't super into king crimson but yeah i've been doing a lot of work with, on them this year which has been awesome yeah, yeah. man that's that's great man. And, yeah. and and so um you so so you're 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 in high school you're playing drums it, do you have the inclination to be a journalist or to be a writer at that point it's interesting I was I was writing like reviews and stuff for the school paper um, I, I, I remember I, I reviewed like a uh, I think a spin doctor's album for my middle school <laughs> my middle school paper there was yes. there was some record reviews and things like that but it, it was uh, I'm not really sure you know I was definitely you know I was kind of more gravitated towards the English classes and things like that literature and stuff but I don't know um, and I was, you know, certainly reading a lot, but I don't know if journalism was necessarily, if you would have asked me what I wanted to do at that time. I was interested in film, and music was like a thing where I was basically a self-taught drummer um, and not really trying to play anything like this. I was more, I was coming more out of the um, stuff that I learned to play to was more like clutch, uh, helmet, quicksand, the stuff I could get, you know, that stuff I could sort of get my head around as, as a self-taught drummer. Y- you can't really... You know, maybe some other people are different, but I, I can't really look at Pete Sandoval and be like, "Oh, I'm just going to sit down and figure out how to do." That was that was something I was appreciating from afar and taking little influences. You know, not not trying to duplicate it, but you know, what there's something about Pete Sandoval's feel. He kind of yeah, has this interesting yeah. groove. I was I would always try to take things from. But yeah, just to, to get to your question, I was writing was it it came a little more slowly. I would say um, it, it, college is probably where it got a little more serious. Yeah. And that was uh, was a Columbia University yeah, from the start. Yeah. Uh huh. So, Actually, I went to USC for a year because I was I like thought I wanted to do film, and I was out there doing that for a year. And then I came here to do. Uh, okay, and yeah. and uh, you've been here basically ever since. Been here ever since. So that was '98. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. uh, I mean, just just right off the bat, like go, going from Kansas City to New York City. Well, yeah. uh, you know, making a pit stop and then a, a winding up in New York yeah. City. As uh, a big fan of music, yep. and heavy music in general, what was like? Was there a culture shock? What was what was the deal there? Well, I think when I first got here, it coincided very much with my starting to be into jazz, and I, I, I like the jazz, the college radio station at Columbia WKCR, which is like this, you know, sort of world-renowned jazz station. That was a huge thing because I got to interview, like, you know world-class musicians as like a, as like a, oh so you actually worked yeah with the station. I, yeah i was a dj oh, yeah cool. so that, that that ended up having you know as much if not more influence on my sort of direction of my life probably as the, the classes and stuff like that but the metal stuff you know in new york um it w- you know I, i'd say when i was first there, i was probably focused on seeing a lot of this jazz stuff there's a club tonic on the lower east side that was like you know john zorn played there a lot it was it was like a very big like experimental music venue that i was checking out a lot um but, you know, definitely in those early years, I'm trying to think when I would have first started going to, like, B.B. King's and things like that, you know, when they had the death metal shows. Um, yeah, yeah. That was, well, that was the early 2000s you're talking about, yeah. 2003, 4, yes. 5-ish. So, so that was a thing. I See, I feel like I would divide it up into different eras because it was that, but then 
it's almost like once you hit St. Vitus, then it's a whole new renaissance yeah, of stuff. It totally so, so, is. But in, those, in the pre-St. Vitus era, yeah. it was like you kind of had to skip around to these places. Like you'd see Morbid at um, <laughs> BB King's or I saw, you know, like yeah. Necrophagist at BB King's. I saw like Enslaved. Uh, we were at those shows. Yeah, the, right. Yeah, Summer, me and Justin. Summer Slaughter. Yeah, the Summer Slaughter. Yeah. And, yeah, which, were, which were so good. Those tour yeah. packages were sick. Back very good. Yeah. Very yeah. weird places. Yes, yeah, I definitely yeah. saw that show, and then yeah. you, you, then you're kind of following, uh, you know, you're following your your uh, cannibal corpses and obituaries around to wherever they might play. That might be Santos Party House. That yeah. could be the Knitting it, Factory downtown. The old, the old the knit. So the knit yeah, had some yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, it, it might be, um, you know, and then I was also involved in that whole like Todd P. Bushwick Brook uh, Williamsburg thing where you go see Lightning Bolt in some weird loft, or you know, I was definitely like. I, I was in, kind of involved in all those different things. It would be like sort of the you know the straight up metal stuff. It'd be like the weirdo jazz stuff, and it'd be like the sort of indie punk experimental weirdo stuff going on in um, in Brooklyn. So I was kind of just you know yeah, sampling yeah. that stuff. You know. So I mean, well, that that's what I wanted to ask you is that you? I mean, you basically had twenty years of experience living in New York City. Yeah. Um, most of majority of that time covering music right what's about, about yeah, 15, per, per, 15 years yeah but even before I was doing freelance yeah. I was I was reviewing reviewing records and shows in college for various jazz publications okay. I started up with that yeah so you got your ear to the ground on music the yeah. whole time mm-hmm. living in New York City it's, I mean obviously so much has probably changed yeah uh, I mean just just off of technology alone but, yeah, but uh, you know, in terms of the culture and and you know, we're, we're, I mean, you could even talk pre nine eleven, post nine eleven. Yeah. There's a lot to get into there. Yeah. Like um, late late nineties into the early two thousands. Like for instance, um, what's some of the biggest changes you see in terms of genre and culture and and what like what like 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 between the nineties and the two thousands? When do you feel that that change starts to take place? And what are like the the, the significant? Uh, well, you know, I mean, what one thing that one thing that's you know that, that you can't avoid is is the different reception of metal mm-hmm. you know i mean i i think i think there was this thing that happened I, I don't know if you can pinpoint it exactly but it it sort of became a little cooler i think to like metal in some ways like like i, I can definitely you know when i was yeah. when i was coming out you know i was like this midwestern kid who comes to new york as like a you know i'm this kid growing up you know listening to like pantera and you know, um, Metallica and Morbid Angel, and I'm coming to like this, you know, you know, college in New York, and like, uh, trust me, I'm not meeting a lot of kids who are like, I'm into death metal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like my friends yeah. were like into like indie rock and you know, and jazz and all kinds of. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not meeting the kids who are the black t-shirt kids in high school. Mm-hmm. At, at, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, and I, and 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 you know, the first band that I joined when I was at school was like an indie rock band my friend was very like guided by voices things like that and like i'm you know totally open to all of it but i definitely felt like an out a little bit of an outcast in terms of that metal thing it was just kind of like oh yeah that's that weird shit that hanks into or whatever and i you know it's not like i like had friends in college i could say oh hey man let's hang out and listen to death metal like it was more like i found some friends who were into jazz and so we sort of gravitate we'd sit around and listen like old blue note records and i was getting super into that stuff but but you know the metal stuff i was out on a limb with that thing and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't until much later, until this whole era that we all kind of probably know, where it's like, you know, you get your like pitchforks and NPRs and things like that, New York Times yeah. even, where, where jazz, is, I'm sorry, where metal is, um, you know, it, it, the perception of it changed. I mean, now it's not weird to see these like death metal bands being covered in like fairly mainstream media. I mean, and that that to me is like 
in terms of perception of metal like that I mean like you know like I'm saying like it used to be you had to drive the 7-Eleven and get metal maniacs yeah and then now it's like oh you open the New York Times and Ben Ratliff you know is reviewing a you know a Yob show or something like that you know it's like it's like you know and 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 it's 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 cool I mean you know it's like to me it's like what you know why why not you know let's 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 have you know I'd, I'd rather you know have more you know but that said like you know I'd say even at my job like at Rolling Stone or something like that like I'm certainly not I, I do have you know one colleague Corey Groh who's uh, you know a good friend of mine and an awesome writer who's been covering metal for years and years and years like more probably more intensely than, than I have um, and and but but I, I'd say I still feel a little bit you know a little bit of a out not outcast but but I'm off to the I'm certainly in the margins in terms yeah. of the taste profile You're, yeah I mean you that's know. that it comes with the territory yeah you know, as cool as metal is and how like there, there's yeah. these little you know these bands are cool to listen to yes. and these are not these are all the guilty pleasure bands or whatever it is right um, there's always going to be that removal from mainstream society a lot of it's based on the intensity of it you know it's yes. just a threshold for like how intense the yeah. average person could take sonically you <laughs> or know? what they want out of music yes. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like like it's like 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 i will often, you know like like my girlfriend and i will often you know we've gone to she's not a big metal person but we've gone to a few shows where she's like totally into it you know mm-hmm. what i mean but, but i think it's sort of like case by case but 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 i'm not sure if she'd ever put on a death metal record at home you right. know to me like i'm listening i literally i put on music to fall asleep and sometimes that music is like cannibal corpse like, I don't yeah. really know why. Yeah. But, like it, it sometimes it, yeah. it relaxes me. I don't really yeah. know what it I, is. I put on like a lot of depressing, de- uh, like black metal shit yeah. when I'm trying to just get it's some weird. Z's. Like just you know a lot of Dark Throne. You know just yeah. the classics. Yeah. Like I like I have an appreciation for like this droney kind of sound, but for sleeping. You know, I, I I've, I've I, actually fallen asleep to Deeds of Flesh a few times because yeah. I feel like they just they have like this awesome uh, the older stuff like Crown of Souls. You know, I got into them through hearing about you guys talk about them. I, I, I like started checking those records out. Really cool. That's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I- interesting. And, and e- uh, each album has kind of something different to offer in yeah. a way too. Man. Yeah. yeah, very unique sound. Also, yeah. uh, speaking of girlfriends on uh, listening to metal, I just want to relate this to you, Will. Uh, I showed Gabby Lymphatic Phlegm. <laughs> she really likes it. It's a, and she's Brazilian, <laughs> so that's fun. Yeah. But I, I did say that that's the gore grind band you recommend to someone who doesn't like gore grind. Yeah. So there you so, go, man. Yeah, that's a little side note there. Test, I tested, that was cool. tested and approved. Uh, yeah. Awesome, man. <clears throat> um, all right, man. Well, because what I'm, what I'm kind of trying to build up to is you mentioned that kind of like uh, the Bushwick, like parties and the yes, bands yes, playing. Yes, yes, yes. Like, I, from my recollection, I started seeing like kind of like random little scenes pop up like that around Brooklyn in like maybe 2005, yep, six, yeah, and that's then it, it, that's it. Then it like spiraled in like 2009, 10. It was really big, and then it got really commercialized shortly after that. Yeah. Am I right? Am I am I about right? Well, well, I can tell you. You know, it's funny because that whole thing sort of started to like mesh with with the metal thing. Like I was playing, I yeah. played for a long time in this band Big A Little A, which is sort of like this experimental like multi drum kind of like boredomsy type of band. But I was also playing Stats is sort of my longtime band. It's more kind of this math like heavy mathy kind of like you know math rock thing i guess is what you call it and and, and around that time you're talking about maybe like oh oh four ish like a, a, an important moment was like meeting uh, colin marston mm-hmm. so 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 he comes around and at that time he was playing in uh it was the early days of octopus right yes. and and our band played with them at some of their first shows and it would be like these weird like um 
like North Six Basement. Yes. Uh, uh, over on. Um, oh man! I, on, now you're yeah, because uh, my old band Biolich uh, was right. around back then. Exactly. And that's where we played with Demolich on the first tour. Yes. In 06. You, you played upstairs, I think. We played in the basement with the, the basement. big fish tank. Oh, what a, oh, yeah. That's such a fucking yeah. cool venue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we played down there with uh, with Octopus and played a couple <clears> other <throat> weird, you know, loft like uh, this bar called the Local on Kent Street in Williamsburg, and it was like. That was that was a big thing for me because it was like this indie scene that we yeah. were a part of, but it was yeah. like then you bring like a guy like Colin into that, and it's like that was like the first time where I was like, okay, now someone's in this scene that's just like this is a guy is a metal guy, you yeah. know what I mean? And I've you know, and I don't really like you know present as that. I don't, I'm not, I don't have like long hair, and yeah, you don't necessarily like walk with me in the street like, oh, that guy's into death metal. But like when I met him, I was like felt a little bit like, okay, now here's someone I can talk to. You know, we used to, we used to, you know you know have conversations about i don't know i remember us talking about like malignancy and i mean gorguts was a thing like i remember those guys colin uh tim burns from his band friendly bears and chuck stern from time of orchids these other guys sort of involved in that scene like i remember them they were the ones who told me about obscura by uh, by gorguts and i remember gorguts being a band that i'd been into from you know from way back when and i had yeah. no idea they'd like transformed and so it was this kind of yeah. interesting thing because it was like this avant-garde scene but these guys were into death metal you know what I mean? So it was like this kind of arty thing mingling with this this super, you know, shreddy metal thing. Which what you just described has kind of turned into like it's the Colin Marston scene. Yes. For lack exactly. of a better term. But yeah. it's, it is it's a scene in New York. It's a scene. It's, it's, and it's even branched out of New York now. There's pro- a lot of different interrelated yeah. artists and projects, but it's yeah, a lot of it kind of like centers all around Colin Marsh. It totally does, and, and you know, and, and like those early days of that octopus, and then like Mick Barr coming around and seeing yeah. him play with yeah. like Orthrum and stuff like that. So basically, you have <clears> these, <throat> these sort of metal adjacent things. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like, good word. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like Orthrum. Yeah. Is that a metal band? I don't know, but certainly it's informed a lot by metal. Are you, you guys? Did you guys? Yeah, ever see? A, yeah I, great I, band. Really yeah, interesting. Yeah, just fucking person, insane. Though. Like, like basically, you know, Mick. So Mick from Kraus before that, you know, it was like this guitar drum duo. They were doing this insane, like you know, non-repeating, like you know, like a two-minute piece that, like you know, has it doesn't repeat the whole time. It's just like totally through composed. Or they were doing a forty-minute piece that repeated for an hour or something. Like, I don't, <laughs> like it's like it's just like this crazy like metal virtuosity that's kind of like channeled into this like avant-garde thing. So all this stuff's happening, you know, you you know, and that, and, you, yeah, like the Colin Marston thing, to me, he's like a, you know, a pioneer in like bridging these communities of the weirdo jazz experimental and then the straight metal because th- those communities like, you know, that's somewhat I'm talking about in my podcast too, like those communities, like they need these portals to, to you know, people that help bridge them you know what i'm saying right they have Absolutely. like a, a lot of similarities but it's it's a little easier said than done yes. that they like meet those the people right should be hanging out but they aren't always hanging out right you know what yeah. i'm saying mm-hmm. and like i feel like yeah. it yeah. 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 yeah and what's interesting too is what you just described with that whole because i i remember um you know there, there used to be like uh, like the beginnings of that bushwick scene and, yep. and all you know all the weird venues that would pop and it still kind of goes on today in a different fashion but back then it was very authentic and it was very like 
pioneering in a way. You know, it was yeah. really DIY. In the uh, it was totally yeah. And I mean, it, yeah, it was like it's like you'd be at these parties and there'd be legal venues and it would yeah, the cops yeah. would come. And yeah, lightning, a- lightning bolt would be playing at some like venue that seemed like it was about to fall apart and you felt like you were going to die, but it was the most amazing show you've ever seen. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Was, I mean that. Do you, do you know the? No- it was kind of like a noisy noise core band, uh, Lotus Fucker. I, I don't think I I don't know if I saw them. I they, I saw them in some loft apartment yeah. broke with a couple of bands one time. <laughs> yeah. But um uh, like around that era, man. Yeah. But, yeah. but like an, another kind of because you talked about um the kind of like avant garde jazz guys yep. and the metal guys. Something else I see around that time that I see even not even just limited to New York, but it seems to be the vibe of the underground extreme music scene nowadays is that DIY punk. Uh, uh, you know, mindset of doing things, basement yeah. shows, loft shows. Yeah. You know, put you know, I like we interviewed um, Hassan from Ripping. Oh, I heard Promotions. that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, he's talking about yeah. you know putting shows up in a Chinese restaurant and putting up shows. Yeah. You know, all these different places. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like over the last ten years, I've seen this with, or we have the Meat Locker in New Jersey, uh, like straight up black metal, death metal, grindcore, m- mixing heavily with that DIY underground scene, totally. and it's it became very acceptable again to be a death metal band or a black metal band and be playing like a basement show or a house party yeah. and it's you know like the di the diy aesthetic i feel like is really popular with metal and acceptable again. they are kin like akin spirits you know that yeah you know they, yeah. they kind of um there's there's something about the energy that they bring to the table like things are partitioned only by scenes really you know that, that, and then yeah right and that's yeah. the thing that i don't really i, I i've always had a hard time with that partitioning because i don't like think that way at all mm-hmm. do you know what i mean like especially as a drummer like i want to see the awesome drummer so yeah. if that's it you know if, if that's zach hill from hella you know what i mean or yeah. if that's brian chippendale from lightning bolt or greg from Deerhoof, or you know or or you know charlie from octopus or you know jeff from dysrhythmia or you know what i mean like it was like I'm going where the I want to go where the players are. I don't really give a shit what the scene is. You know what I mean? Like, right. like and, and, and you know, as we all know, you know, you could have a death metal band that's super generic that just doesn't move you at all. That could be, you know what I mean? Like, I would much rather hear an interesting non-death metal band than I would like a mediocre death metal band. Right. I want to hear the excellent death metal band. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And so, like, yeah. I, I've always been uh, of that mindset. It was like, like I don't, I'm not, you know, I do have a very strong passion and i can tell from listening to the show you know i i relate to the passion for death metal because like i i've, I've felt that since i was like a teenager yeah. you know what i mean you don't meet a lot of people like that and i, and I very much appreciate the uh the um you know kind of the heartfelt connection to it that i hear when i listen to the show um but i don't feel like i've never wanted to be the person that was like one-to-one identified with like one scene you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's, it's always like you know, I, I want to keep looking for for something that moves me, like wherever it might come from. You know I, I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I I know exactly what you mean because I feel like when I was younger, that's kind of how I felt. Right, and then you I grew feel up like, a little bit, and yeah. it's like you know your your tastes, uh, they, they everything opens up a bit. You know, not just the taste, really. It's more of like uh, the experience of what it's like to see these bands or just listening to something that. Uh, you know, you can only listen to technical death metal before so long before you you can be honest with yourself and go, "What is it that I like about this?" Yeah. And I know it's in other places. Exactly. You know? Well, and it's yeah. Also, yeah, I, th- I think that thing you're talking about is like I think when you're younger, you you feel like you can you know you have to you identify with this stuff, your personality so much. Like right now, I'm into like. I'm into pop punk. You know, I, re- I can remember having like an Epitaph Records phase. Like all I wanted to have in my little CD booklet was Bad Religion and right. No Effects and Pennywise. You know, and now this is my death metal phase, and all I want there is the Cannibal Corpse and Lord Angel and this. And then I remember getting to college and being like, 
I like all this shit. I'm yeah, not really yeah. like, like I don't. I'm not like I. My whole identity is not have to be this little niche thing. Yeah. I'm just taking all the good from all of the thing, and you know that I got into classic exactly. rock. Exactly. And, 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 and you know we grow up yeah. and we listen to dumb shit, and then we listen to really cool just shit. Whatever. We don't even realize it sometimes. Yeah. And then like you get older, <laughs> yeah. and you're like the old shit I listen to that's good still sticks with you. Absolutely. And then the bad stuff you like forget about it. You're exactly. Like oh yeah, I kind of like that. And yeah. You know how embarrassing. Well, I was. You I know? was not like like heavy isn't isn't a. Just strictly associated with distorted guitar. You know, uh, like, absolutely not. Like, I think yeah. I think Circus Survive is one of the heaviest bands. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, it's the way that you approach it. It's the, it's the drums, like and everything. Mm. Uh, one of the sickest shows I ever went to, like uh, a few years ago, was Every Time I Die and this band Bad Rabbits from, mm. from Boston. I've heard the name. Like, but I don't know much. They're about like it, a yeah. funky, like uh, you know, sort of uh, Michael Jackson like kind of. Style, oh, awesome! Yeah, style it's, funk. It's intense. It's cool. Awesome. When the yeah. drummer used to play for this this band, Irepress, which is like a hardcore like droning kind of band, Irepress, dude. And uh, and they played with Every Time I Die, who's who's Every Time I Die. So it's, it's like an actual funk band, like like yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, like, like, a, oh, yeah. it's like a dance, yeah. like like party kind That's of. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, but they but they they like uh, emphasize the breakdowns like, in, nice. in in those beats. Yeah, That's it, cool. Uh, it's uh, good yeah. stuff. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. But that show was it was actually I think it was them and Trash Talk or something. That's cool, man. Oh yeah, it's a fucking phenomenal show. Yeah. More and yeah. more things should be like that. You know? um, not even just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even genres that um, where where you're you're playing in a five piece, but you know, uh, hip hop and, and electronic as well. Yeah, I, like we, we were talking about the the the, the tour coming up with Cattle Decap and Alter and Punisher. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that just helps like expand the. Uh, the perspective of anybody going to that show who maybe just didn't know what was going on. A- absolutely. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Cattle Decapitation, uh, Travis Ryan in particular, had a lot to do with the um, kind of eccentric lineup on that, man. Because I mm-hmm. they, they, if you look, Cattle Decap has a habit of kind of trying to have a, a like a diverse bill, but one that makes sense. Yeah. Like, who you know, who like, else is on the tour? Um, well, it's it's Cattle Decap, Atheist, Author Punisher, and then you got Primitive Man and Full of Hell alternating Jesus. dates opening up. Yeah, it's a sick so, lineup. Really, yeah, it's, really tasteful lineup. Yeah, exactly, Get man. behind all those bands. Where, like, I, a lot of time, like, there'll be a lineup, and I'll be, it'll be, like, first of all, it's, like, there'll be, like, seven, not seven, but, like, six bands on the tour package, and you're like, right, Too many bands. Know, yeah, yeah, and then there's going to be four openers, like, local openers. Yeah. But, but you know, and then, like, out of that six, you're like, well, there's, like, two sick death metal bands, one band I like that's kind of death core and then there's three bands I never heard of. But, like, no, like, they, like, this lineup is so solid, man. Mm-hmm. They, they really did it. But, um, so any promoters out there listening, like, take a chance. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. Uh, man. Well, that, you'll, be get, su- you'll be surprised. That's a whole other episode, man. <laughs> t- talk about the tour packages, man. But um, all right, man. So I mean, we we uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that. See, now I'm kind of like I'm building up to um to to uh, this 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 uh, little bonus topic we brought in, man. These CDs I'm going to spring on you um, that we talked about, but. Uh, Tom, Tom's delicately Sorry, man, nudging my shoulder to get a beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Things I do for alcohol. Yeah. Uh, so, but what I'm building up to is um, out of that scene that we talked about. You know, this Bushwick, this kind of like a, yeah. a Wild West type of scene that was going on. Um, you start to see like the Saint, like Saint Vitus now in yep. Brooklyn. Uh, and there's there's several other venues. I'm sure there's a lot beyond the metal scene even that I'm not familiar with. That is kind of like. Uh, anchored in Brooklyn oh, yeah. and become yeah. like a, a you know a legitimate venue that's that's that stuck around for a while now. And you see like a lot of these neighbors, and, and it, a lot of that also goes hand in hand with the the gentrification that we mm, read so mm. much about in Brooklyn too. Mm. 
So I, I was just wondering, as somebody who's lived in New York City for so long, could you speak to that maybe, just how it's changed over that and how it's like adjusted you know, through those changes? I mean, it's night and day. You know what I mean? St. Yeah. Vitus is night and day. You know, anyone who's lived in New York for any period of time who's into this stuff... Uh, you know, I feel like it's like BC and AD or something like that with St. Vitus. I would agree a hundred percent. You know, like I, 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 I yeah. don't even, you know, maybe the gentrification, you know, you, you could say there's some, you know, downsides to that whole well, and not, concept or not, not right. Or just uh, not, not to interject, but, um, not to link Vitus directly no, with no, gentrification. No, no, I'm but, talking but, about the scene as a yes, whole. But, and but, the, but cle- yeah. yeah, but Vitus own how much real estate they own? Yeah, what yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. decisions <laughs> they making? No, but yeah. clearly Vitus. clearly like, you know, like like okay, so so we're talking about this earlier era. Okay, so I I came a little bit late for the Lamore thing. Yeah, but when yeah, I hear people yeah. talk about Lamore, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of the what we're in now with like Vitus to me is like the new what I hear people say about Lamore. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, this dedicated yeah, home yeah, yeah. for that stuff. Whereas before, like I said, you had to kind of travel around. You're sitting here, like, like why am I BB Kings in Times Square, like seeing Morbage? <laughs> like, what am? I, it was very much this, like, yeah, it was very yeah, much just like, yeah. what am I doing here? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, you would be at these places because the bands were there, and you would never step foot in those places otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, but Vitus is like, I mean, it's almost like. You know, it's like a paradise for for any for, for anyone who's into. I mean, like I used to live over there, and it would be like in like six we- you know within like a six week span, I'd be like, oh, I just went and saw Carcass, Incantation, Immolation, uh, Mortician, Suffocation. Um, you know, <laughs> like Morpheus descends. Like you know, Dude. like 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 it was in. I mean, it would almost be like comical like oh yeah. you know they're like oh mortician's gonna go on in 15 minutes i'm just gonna i'm gonna like you know eat pizza at home and then walk over <laughs> and just see mortician and see their set and go home and that's like my you know like yeah. i was I, I i lived right there i lived yeah. on like you know java yeah. street in in greenpoint and it was like i i couldn't even believe the the you know just like world you know i saw one of the best things i ever saw there was i saw obituary um and and it was so good. I just went the next night and saw them again. And because nice. they were just they did two nights. And I, they're they're one of my favorite. Uh, I was maybe they are my favorite live death metal band. I'd have to say I'd have to say they are. Wow. Yeah. If I were to think about that, I've only seen them wow. once, and I was really drunk. Yeah. So I that, fucked they, up. They, 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 I had I had a very different impression of. Ob- I I think I thought of Obituary as a as a B level death metal band when i was younger and only hearing the records and then when i saw them live i was like there became like an a plus level to me i was wow. like oh i get why this music is the way it is why yeah. it's fairly streamlined and simple and you hear it on record like yeah i get it what it was just a bunch of riffs there's blah, blah, like blah. room in their yeah writing when which, you see it yeah. yeah when you see it live you realize like oh this music is built to like drive people completely <laughs> fucking insane <laughs> and people yeah. you know what i mean i'm loving the research or this, this obituary influence a lot of hardcore bands coming up right now yeah well yeah. like i'm you know going to hardcore shows like Kids are wearing, uh, you know, uh, tough guy hats. And that's what they s- cutoffs, and it's the, it's yeah. Like the best. That's what they. Yeah. S- that's what, what, yeah. Why do you guys think Power Trip is so big right now? Yeah, like, like, yeah. because they they drank that water. Yeah, yeah. it know? reminds me of when uh, like so like. Sick. Like 1997, 98, every band of Victory Records was using like Slayer riffs. You know, yep. it's, it's kind of like come back around that that thing, man. Yeah. It's weird. But but I, yeah, just just to just to bring that around, I was basically just saying like, yes, Vitus is like, you know, it's. You can't even like overstate how how wonderful it is to have a place like that. Just like it looks cool, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 the people are really nice. You know, it it sounds great. 
you know, sometimes the moshing gets a little bit like stupid, and you kind of have to like you know push well, it's, yourself. It's to tight. The, it's tight at a at a, yeah. at a, at a very um, well attended show. It's very tight. But that's there. not you know. But that's, that's typical. That's of not most something venues. you don't but you feel. Like you're welcome there. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just a it's a good hang. There's kind of the hipstery people. There's kind of the more super super death metal type people i don't feel like anyone's really giving anyone an attitude yeah it's just like you know we're all here we all like this music like let's just be cool nobody's ever got like a bad vibe you know i don't know it's just yeah it's like they made that um like territorial kind of uh, genre splitting bullshit yes uncool in that they venue. did because yeah. they've yeah. got you know they've got quicksand playing there i've mm-hmm. seen i saw like mm-hmm. the into another the uh revelation band there I saw, you know, I've seen like punk bands there. I've oh, seen, yeah. They, yeah. They have a very wide variety of yeah. music that plays and, there. Yeah. But then, but then to, you know, to be able to go to a club like that and see, like, you know, I saw, you know, what was that band? Uh, the two man black metal band uh, that I think one of the guys is now, we know he's a Nazi or something like that. I, I, I don't remember. Taki? Uh, no, no. The, 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 they wear the paint. At, um, I can't remember the damn name of that band. It's a two-man uh, uh, two black metal band. Anyway, we don't need to talk about them because I'm pretty sure the guy's a Nazi. Google uh, uh, <laughs> black metal Nazi uh, Alexa. <laughs> that'll, that'll narrow it down. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right? No, but, but I'm just saying, to be able to go to a club like that and to be... I mean, I saw Carcass in that club. It's fucking yeah, wild. And I was yeah. just like... I was like, whoa. Like, yeah. like you've got to be kidding me that I'm in this like room, this small scene, fucking Carcass. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like... Yeah. So, so it's, you know, it's heavy shit. I, you know, St. Vitus, th- thank you... For existing, <laughs> yeah, I I, I feel like um, the, <laughs> like they they came around at the perfect time, uh, maybe because because like it seems like met like you said metal just got cooler and cooler to be into to the point where now, uh, it's it's almost like death metal is the thing like yeah. old school death metal is the thing. the thing all this stuff yeah. that we used to kind of grow up on and, and like now that's the shit. And all these bands that play St. Vitus like now there's a huge following for some of these nostalgic acts. Well, I, okay, so okay. Mentioning that one of the best shows I've ever seen, and I don't mean to you know put you on the spot here, but the the, the Demolic Blood Incantation Artificial Brain Show. Okay, I was sitting there. That show was what 2017, 2018 was it? La- it was 2018. Okay, yeah. so you're sitting there in a sold out club. The band plays two shows. This is a band from Finland that put out one album in 1993, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. 25 years later they're in a club in Brooklyn playing two sold out I, mean, I was literally sitting there well, like I can't believe this is happening like like yeah, like like yeah. that and and that speaks to the thing like how does this happen and yeah. only 12 years earlier that same band they played the Brooklyn show the North 6 show on the 06 demolition yeah. tour wasn't bad at all by any it was actually probably one of the best shows of the tour yeah. it was fairly well attended not sold out by any stretch of the imagination and there was only one set um and I mean just this just the rest of the of the of the shows on that tour Demolich had not Come to this no. new appreciation. That yeah, there was a new fan appreciation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that just, so that so that really, you know, in, in about ten years' time, that shows you where the underground death metal it's crazy. scene balloons. It's just to fucking it. crazy. Yeah. Like, like, it's like, the it's fact like, that's right there, in your backyard. I, yeah, at the time, yeah, I, 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 like, I, yeah, I was. That was one of those moments where I'm like, Jesus, like, thank God this happened. Do you know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> culture doesn't always catch up with things like that. Yeah. And there are plenty of these bands like where it's just like, well, uh, hey, that never happened. They never reunited. Nobody remembers them. You know, this band that I, I like produced this box set reissue of this band called Craw, uh, this sort of like math rock post hardcore band a few years back. And like that band was like sort of seriously forgotten. They, they played a reunion show at Vitus too. And, and you know, there was a, a decent amount of it, you know, of, of interest around that. But, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like luck of the draw. Like some of these bands don't have that little moment, you know what I mean? But some, you know, but I mean, Demolik, it's almost like precisely by not making another album. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? It was. It was I, yeah, I think you're on to something yeah. there because yeah. I, I believe I've heard a member of the band say something along those yeah. lines. You know what I mean? Like, like, like that's you know you just. At this point, if they were to come out with the second album, it might even fuck it up. I don't. You know what I, I mean? Yeah. Like, I would hate it. It would never. Well, look yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wrote yeah, about not... that reissue at the time. Yeah. The uh, that twentieth anniversary of emptiness, and they had the two new songs in there, which were really good, mm-hmm. really good songs. But his voice doesn't sound the same. I think it's kind of like they're they're tiptoeing, they're playing with fire a little bit. You know what I mean? Like if because yeah. people like that stuff for a very specific, you can't recapture that no. sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And people get older, they sound different. They're in a different headspace yeah. when they're writing riffs. <clears throat> you know, even if they're thinking to write like a continuation, yeah. it always changes. It's it's. I mean, yeah. I mean, there there are some examples. Sometimes you know, I will say the carcass, uh, the carcass. Reunion album. I mean, that thing is fucking fantastic. Surgical Steel. Yeah. You know, that to yeah. me, that like I, I like that as much as any of the old Carcass but that's records. Co- that's kind of like an anomaly. It's a total anomaly. I mean, yeah. you have you have to be elite, you know, to to be to be able to do. It's like it's not every band that, that yeah. can come back and do that. And some of the, you know, I don't know, but but it's just interesting because it's like you know, Dimelik can put out one album. The stock keeps rising. They don't put out anything. They go totally away. Whereas like, let's take a band like Deicide. Mm. Like I feel like their stock, you know. No disrespect to Deicide, I feel like their stock is it kind of over very gradual down slope over the years. You know what I'm saying? Like people are obsessed with it with uh, self titled and Legion, and maybe yeah. Once Upon the Cross. But like you know, I don't I don't think a lot of the old school people are sitting out there listening to overtures of blasphemy. You know, which, which is unfortunate because I I actually um, I have a thing for uh, Ralph Santala. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Stench of Redemption. Stench of Redemption. Is, yeah. yeah. Th- that's my personal tea. good record. Yeah. That's the the side album for me. It's a damn good me. record. And yeah, it's, it's a like damn good record. you know that's yeah. uh, eighteen years after they started as a band yeah. or whatever. So like I get it. A lot of the old school death metal heads are not going to have the appreciation for it. It yeah. sounds different, but it's like holy shit. It's a great album. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah. But 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 I think that that metal's weird that way because like like mm-hmm. the people uh, value those weird like scarcity. Do you know what uh, I mean? Ab- obscurity. Oh, well, that speaks to this new generation <clears throat> and what's been going on. I I kind of call it the MDF thing. Like like there's all these bands that come back from the '90s to play like the reunion MDF yeah. set and the, the little reunion tour and and the you know they'll reissue all their old shit. It's happened to a bunch of bands. Oh, right? yeah. It's a great thing. I love it. Uh, I've had the chance to see a lot of older bands you know play it and that's awesome. Uh, but it's it it, it kind of it's like you said like like for a band like Deicide they've kind of consistently been around releasing albums yeah. playing shows here and there that you know every once in a while they'll be in the news for something kind of weird or something like that but, <laughs> but for the Kicking most part another band off a tour they, randomly they've or... always been there and it's like yeah that almost like de- decreases your your stock in a way as it's opposed weird. to a yeah. band that went away for fifteen years it does I mean yeah. I think the only exception to that idea because I agree with what you're saying there I think the only exception would be Cannibal Corpse yeah Cannibal Corpse is nonstop they're the one the yeah. yeah they're the but, but they're not they're not really gaining a new audience. What they're doing is maintaining it with yep. all the recent releases. Yes. Like yeah. it, and it and it's working like um like Red Before Black, whatever, Torment yep. uh, to- Torture, the one before, yep. like they're good albums and they're holding through, but I think it had something to do with their whole, you know, the singer swap and the I don't know what it is about them. They they're they just they they're in their own lane. You know what I mean? They they seem yeah. to be able to like they they've they've clawed up to the top of it and now they're just above everybody and they just sort of keep going like they're just, you know, there's kind of this juggernaut and it's you know what you're going to get. And you know, I think the new I think the more recent albums are I think of all those legacy bands like maybe their discography is the most consistent. I I um, agree. I I mean, I think um, yeah. 
yeah, the, the stuff that they put out, like I said, the transformation thing, going from yeah. Barnes to Fisher, yes, like that, um, and the fact that they survived that, yep, and then went so well, like fucking, you know, Vile was the first one with the corpse grinding yep. on it, and if you say it's a bad, bad album, you're fucked. You know, like that's a good fucking album. Yeah, and then um, yeah, then they they get into the two thousands. The Rutan era is really the the. When they, you know, like Kill yeah, and kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the Kill yeah. is. I think Kill is one of the best Cannibal. Corpse is albums. absolutely I, one of the best. It's yeah. fucking wild. The yeah. riffing is sick. It is visceral. It's disgusting, mm. yeah. and it's it's catchy too. It is. They managed to like do that kind of Tomb of the Mutilated uh, style riffing, but with an all new Sonic approach. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just want to say like something something about like about Demolik is um, and, and their scarcity. I feel like their their resurgence has a lot to do with younger bands nodding to like getting a little bigger and notoriety oh, totally. and nodding to them yes. as influence yeah and people are like well what the fuck is this yep i think the same thing sort of happened to meshuga in like the mid oh, 2000s, yeah, like, 2000s yeah. with like that gent like oh, periphery uh viljaharda tesseract like all now all, it's all, all this crazy stuff. with that and yeah. uh and that that like gave meshuga like a second life you know what I mean? uh, mm. yeah that mm. i i meshuga is another band that i felt like was kind of you know they were always holding their own and they're always out there but yeah they've kind of had this like huge resurgence in yeah. popularity now with like you know the, all these people being influenced by them yeah and, you know almost they, a new subgenre it's like the cannibal corpse thing where they're in a complete lane of their own yeah, you know yeah i mean yeah, Meshuggah is just like a, they're an institution you know what i mean yeah, like yes. they're, they're just, they transcend the genre they transcend you know they're just kind of this entity yeah, yeah. and their it, shows are just like i mean i saw them this year I guess at the at the Amerson or whatever, and it was it's fucking phenomenal. People are freaking out, right. you know, like 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 they just you know those bands like have an effect on people. You know, Cannibal Corpse too. Like you go to see them, that band has like an effect on the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like there's the opening bands, but when the way when they start, it's like the venue changes. Yeah. It's like yeah. something changes in the in the air with those bands. There's something about it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's very true. Yeah. Wow. I feel like Cannibal Corpse is always always gonna stick around because it's like. Oh, uh, like death metal? What's your name? Fucking cannibal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Oh, it's really good. Well, they, <laughs> they are like the prototype death metal band. I mean, yeah. like, really, there's there's a million bands out there that are just based off of Cannibal Corpse, even some that probably don't realize it because they're based off of some 10th generation Cannibal Corpse band, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. th- like the, any stereotype of death metal that people have, like, it's like Cannibal. They're the best one. Cannibal yeah. Corpse is the real life version of death metal. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Cannibal Corpse is like they're the prototype, they're the archetype death metal band. You know what I mean? They they sing about a bunch of dead bodies and splatter stuff, just like oh, just like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like yeah. pretty, you know what I mean? They're yeah. they, they don't you know they're they're that band. They the guy was you know they're 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 the Metalocalypse you know band. They're yes. they're they're yes. those guys. You know just kind of, the same way like Metallica is Metallica. Yeah, and there's a million <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, and also, and I think it's because Cannibal Corpse's rise basically coincides with the rise of the genre. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, it's like right it's, place, it's right like time. them growing yeah. is the is the genre growing. And the Ace Ventura thing is this big milestone, and oh, yeah. you know what I mean. It's like there's this whole, you know, that they were just right there when they needed to be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. true. And, and like you said, they stuck together as opposed to. Um, some of the other ones who had these kind of you know down periods or lineup problems like Morbid Angel kind of went way up and then kind of went you know they just had this kind of weird trajectory right Cannibal yeah. Corpse has always had they just a kind slot of, for like they've had member changes but yeah. there's always been an immediate like this is the band now exactly yeah. Alex Webster and is just sort of like this is we're, yeah. we're just we're gonna keep moving on he's right? the backbone of, the, uh, of, yeah. the, of the, the whole whole thing him and Paul yeah and um 
very underrated drummer, by the way. I've heard people talk some shit about that guy, but I can say that guy is a fucking. I love his playing. He's a machine. I he, love how. He, I like yeah. how you know what. He also makes death metal digestible because yeah. it's so much, and uh, the way he plays is very little fills. Yes. Um, and it's like you can just kind of you can mouth it drum riffs drum, like you drum can drum riffs, riffs to yep. him. You know, like every single thing is like easy to digest but it doesn't mean it's easy to play yeah that guy to me is keeping the whole thing honest because i am like as a drummer this whole the, the triggery whole thing that just like i my mind just wanders when i put on i i can't i can't really deal with it like i'll listen to those records and stuff like that but i can't i can't deal with the sound replacement and all that stuff it's just not coming from like i said the you hear Pete Sandoval and Covenant. I mean, it's like Fleming Rasmussen who produced fucking Master Puppets. Like, I don't want to hear some fake. I don't. I don't know why people settle for this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like. You know, there's certain bands like. And now you talking my language. Yeah. Bands that I love that yeah. that have started to do that to their drums. I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, oh, that's the worst when I, the legacy bands do that. I mean, I, there's some bands I could mention. I don't want to sh- shit no, on yeah, yeah. shit on any bands. I don't know. There, I mean, I mean, I mean, look, I'm a big. Deicide fan. I want to hear Steve Ashim. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't either. Yeah, I think yeah, I blasted yeah, it but a couple fucking, episodes ago. Fucking brilliant, brilliant, brilliant musician. I don't want, and, but I put on the new Deicide records and I'm listening to some samples. I don't want to hear that shit. The guy's a fucking master drummer. Why are we listening to fucking, like, you know what drummer keyboard? I hate hearing sound replacement and all that stuff? Uh, Flo from Cryptops. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Why? Can I, can I just hear that guy, like, 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 it mic'd in a room Dude, properly it's like, on it's a kit. Like, it's like it's like it's like why do you think we're still listening to Zeppelin records? Because it's fucking Bonham oh. and, and recorded in a beautiful fucking room. They also didn't have computers though. Like, yeah, or, or why are true. why are you listening to, to Sabbath records? Because you're hearing fucking Bill Ward in a room playing drums. Like I just want to hear, you know, I want why on Gateways to Annihilation <laughs> am I hearing this fucking weird snare sample instead of fucking Pete? I want to hear his humanity. Snare's um, you know. weird. Like I think kick replacement, you can get away with. You're playing the notes. This is just what's yeah. for the best, the re- better, best, best thing for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Snare is is a dynamics. It's you a know, fucking nightmare. All, you know yeah. what I mean? To when I hear a snare, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I know I'm not a huge fan of it. Gateways to annihilation. Like I don't even know whoever made that decision to do that. I mean, all respect to them. Morbid Angels, like again, probably my favorite, one of my favorite metal bands. But like whoever made that decision to make that snare sound like that, I it doesn't make any sense to me. Like 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 like, I I don't know why you want to hear a click instead of a drum. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. I'm on the same page with you as that man. But um, it's just a bad taste in sound choices. (laughs) it happens though. I mean, you got uh, if if you're a if you're someone looking to record an album soon and you're listening to this, just listen to shit and you can like it and then not like certain parts of it. <laughs> That's how you learn from these albums. Like the, even the greats make mistakes. Yeah, I mean you know, but it's it's all subjective. I'm not like to each his own, whatever. I'm just saying that like a lot of the stuff we're talking about the '90s, you know, hey, the records, the records, they sound like instruments. I mean, I guess you could yeah. maybe could argue, you know, Pantera was getting a little clicky, and you know, some some the Vinnie Paul, like yeah. the way they mic'd his shit up. I think there was like it, um, it, they mic'd the beater a lot, I yeah, think, from like the you know the back or whatever, exactly. or super inside of the kick. So it has that like sound, and that popped off. And what's the easiest way to make that? It's not to buy the fucking beaters and fucking mics that they had. Right. It, rather, it's just get that sample just sound. Do, just do the sample. Or just compress the and, shit you know, out. And there's there's all, you know, I know Meshuggah has their own philosophies about that. There's all kinds of things. But anyway. Well, uh, if you play with gloves, that, that sounds good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, but speaking about these old bands, we're, we're just to be respectful of the format, we're running um, into time a little bit now. 
Uh, we brought one of the things that you also mentioned in our emails leading up to this interview was these old compilations. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I thought, what a great topic that we haven't explored yet because I have a few right here, uh, and these were so crucial back in the day because uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm putting on the old man cap in the in the in like the pre-YouTube file sharing death metal era. Uh, you know, you would get these um, compilation CDs. I have right now, um, It's like you mentioned, it's not the infamous Grind Crusher. Yeah. But it's Earache Presents uh, the Grind Crusher compilation. This might actually be, was this like the first one? Because it just says Grind Crusher. It doesn't say like one or Yeah, two that looks pretty early. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, this is, uh, this is actually from 1989. Uh, and it has a little, co- like a typed copy of the Earache Records catalog from 1 through 19. And it says Napalm Death to be announced third album, Carcass to be announced second album. Wow. So that's how that, old that this is, is. That is really, yeah. And uh, I'm just going to read off real quick. Morbid Angel, Chapel of Ghouls, uh, Repulsion, Radiation Sickness, Carcass, Exhume to Consume, Godflesh, Street Cleaner, Napalm Death, The Missing Link, Terrorizer, Dead Shall Rise, uh, Bolt Thrower, Through the Eye of Terror. And it's also got songs by Intense Degree, Filthy Christians, Old Lady Drivers, Unseen Terror, Spastic Blur, Heresy and Sore Throat. Sore Throat, um, notable, like really old school kind of punk uh, grindcore band. Nice. But um, what a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now this, we have a few more I want to talk about, but this here kind of speaks to something that you um, you talked about well, before we started recording that yeah. I didn't really realize or think about was that these compilations were kind of branding for the labels. Oh, hell, hell right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, see, I didn't even really think of that, but you're absolutely right because this has. I mean, it's got. Um, you can even see, like, you know, there's big type for the big bands, and then, like, the last few bands are kind of... You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, yeah, you got your Morbid Angel, Repulsion, Carcass, Godflesh, Napalm Death, Terrorizer, Boltro. I mean, those are... Yeah. That was your branding for classic Earache, earache back bands. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, when yeah. you think of, of Earache, even to this day, when I think of Earache, I think of those bands, oh, probably because yeah. of my taste in music. I'm not so familiar with, you know, what they've been doing the mm. last... 20 years. I know they signed so. a band called The Browning, which we won't talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't bring the brown. Not much know. to say. <laughs> I don't know much about it. They are called The Browning. <laughs> but um, the uh, the second one that I have here is this Nuclear Blast yeah. uh, promo. This is uh, this is probably from a few years down down the line. This is... Um, let me see what I got here, if I can find a year. 93. This is that golden, magical year Big of death year. metal. 93, yeah. yeah. And this has got Benediction, Paradox Alley, um, Brutality, Ceremonial Unearthing, Amorphous, Signs from the North Side from the first Amorphous album, uh, Hypocrisy, Sinister, Master, Macabre, Dismember, Case Number Obscene from their Indecent and Obscene album, the second album. And it's got Mortification, Bold Move on a Compilation, a 9-minute, 14-second song. Damn. Yeah, Mortification with the song Overseer, great song. Is that, and, the, is that the Christian band that yeah, you yeah, had on a couple yeah, times? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah we yeah. had the whole Christian death yep. metal episode, yep. and um, Mortification, probably like the most well-known Christian death metal band, I, I would think, mm-hmm. in the world at this point, even though, even though they really only had two solid death metal albums and were more of like a thrashy prog band. Well, you know, well, you could, you know, tomato, tomato on that. <laughs> but, um... Jesus, Jesus. This, uh, <laughs> like I say about, like, you know, probably a tenth of everything I bring on the show, Adam Rotella gave me uh, this um, Nuclear Blast promo probably when I was, like, 15 or 16, man, and, like, I went on to buy most of these albums. Mm, mm, this mm. is just... Cla- I remember listening to this constantly, putting these some of these songs on tape mixes I made for myself and all that stuff, man. And, um... 
Uh, I just have, you know, I have this, uh, this is the last, like, real crucial one. Traces of Death 3, Dead and Buried. This is the official documentary soundtrack <laughs> compilation. I don't know, because we talked about the Traces of Death movie series in our interview with Adam Rotella. Yeah. And that's, that's like, snuff stuff. I, it was like, back in the 90s, it was like a compilation video of, like, you know... Yeah, who's ever got a VHS uh, camcorder and can follow an ambulance best, you know? Yeah, it was, well, it was like news footage, bullfights and stuff like that. That shit, no, and, it was news footage. The shit they would show Oh, you've seen Traces of Death? Yeah, I might be thinking of it. But yeah, one, yeah. Of them, one of them was fake, but I think that was the one that was real. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, I, I, I went to the Museum dead. of Death in L.A. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you want to throw up, go there. Flex. Um, He's flexing hard right now. <laughs> no, but they, the last room they have, okay. um, it's like all about media of, of of death, and that they have that playing on one of those rear screen projectors from like the mid nineties. Okay, wow. Uh, you know, maybe, wow, yeah. wow. Um, and Adam's I walked in the room and I was like, oh shit! And like right next to it is a giant, uh, like a uh, Madame Tussauds of Gigi Allen, like one wow. of those sculptures. A very weird place. Damn. Um, Adam's got to have his honeymoon there. Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, he'd have a field trip in that place, man. Well, so I'm probably thinking of Faces of Death, because Faces of Death, yeah. I think, was the like somewhat tamer one that had some fake footage, and I guess Traces of Death was like the real grimy fucking one. But this, the official documentary soundtrack compilation was put out by Relapse Records in uh, 1995, and this is the like most brutal compilation, man, I have. Uh, I mean, there was like... There, there was a... Uh, uh, some some kind of like like Mersbau, Dead World, nice, yeah, um, yeah. There was like some like kind of experimental noise, but you also had like there's 20 tracks on here, man. You had um, Mortician, Cata- Cataclysm with a K, um, classic old Cataclysm song with the original singer. That's a whole other podcast topic. Uh, hypocrisy, sinister, you know, again, brutality, dismember with Skin Her Alive, uh, deceased. Gorefest, Meshuga, uh, with the song Vanished, an old Meshuga song on mm-hmm. here. Uh, Exit 13, we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, Repulsion. But, um, you know, this again, man, you, you bought this, had 20 songs from 20 different bands. Before you could go on YouTube, this this was the closest thing to going on YouTube and Absolutely. hitting, like, new metal album Absolutely. to check out. You know what I mean? Like, you would, for maybe, like, five, these were tended to be a little cheaper than a, buying a band's album. Yep. Uh, if, or if you, or sometimes you were lucky to get it handed out free somehow, you know, at a show or whatever. But, you know, and then you were off because you got to figure out, like, you look at this as if you're the kid, 20 tracks, I'll pay six ninety nine for this, man, because I got to like at least, you know, five or six of these bands, you know, I mean. No, those, those were, yeah, those were huge, like, just to sort of like gateways, you know, like, like, I, like, I think I had said the, the I, I definitely remember getting that um, at death store too, which was one of the road, roadrunner comps. And, yeah, yeah. and, you know, like you were saying, like, you know, these labels all had their own identity and they all, they all had their own roster mm-hmm. and you know you you would sort of it was sort of like a window into like okay what's what's the aesthetic here i mean i was just listening to that at that store one on the way over here and it was you know it was um fear factory suffocation gore guts cynic um this band called sorrow that i barely remembered i think they were kind of like in new york like almost like that band winter um wow and and um I'm trying to like this band Skin Chamber that was sort of like an industrial band. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And 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 you know, but but I can definitely remember like you were saying like getting that and then and then it's it's sort of like a shopping list for the the full albums you're going to get. Like you know, yeah. the, 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 you know, yeah. the definitely like you discovered Cynic on that, discovered Gorguts on that, then you can enter into those whole worlds. But the, yeah, the sampler thing is like and the comp doesn't really have as much of a function at this moment. You know what I mean? I don't really know, you know, maybe people are still putting out comps, but it just doesn't have the same 
it doesn't have the same use. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, right now it's like a YouTube channel. Like, uh, I think that yeah. the, the the closest thing I can equate this to, um, off the top of my head, is um, Slam World or something like Slam that. Worldwide. Like, when, yeah, 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 yeah. Slam Worldwide. Yeah, yeah that's that, like the modern day format. Right? Exactly, like, like a YouTube channel that goes through. What's the other one that? Um, or there's do- this show. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I mean? it's like pretty much just putting out comps. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, like, didn't think of it like that. But, but, pa- but, Patreon.com. So oh, Iron Blood. That's the other one I was thinking of. Well, they, we're kind of like yeah. the friend who has the comp and is like playing it, <laughs> pointing out like earmarking the tracks yeah. and that. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, we have one. One like three star review on iTunes, which I look at every day oh. just because it's hilarious. Oh yes, I play more than. Yeah, uh, whoever who's ever listening to it, uh, I get it, but we can't play the whole song. <laughs> oh uh, God, yeah. just yo man, you're already on iTunes, <laughs> yeah, bro. Exactly. You know what to do. <laughs> you if you're already on iTunes, you should know why we don't play the whole song, man. Just pay the ninety nine cents and buy the song. Yeah, just exactly. use your use, no, use I, your big brain that you, yeah. you use what, to type this comment. <laughs> one day we'll put out our own comps. We'll bring this back. Yeah, we'll bring out the CD comp, man. Well, but the whole Brandon. point of it, I mean, and to me, like, like get it, hearing people talk about the record is the thing that makes me want to just like, like, I'll often be like, have your podcast on. Someone will mention something in one of the album recommendations. I'll pause it and I'll just go and like listen to the record for a little while and go. Like, I'm always going back and forth. It's like a, you know, it's like sort of an invitation to to do your own homework. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. and that to We're, me is what it is. Did, did we, you hear that guy? Three stars guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, what the that's how you handle it. Yeah, that's problem why, solving that's on a lot you, of levels. Yes, <laughs> that's how, that's how it's supposed to work because we're not. We also don't want to steal those streams. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. like th- we have our own thing going on. Yeah. We don't. We want bands to know that they're being listened to. Yes, you know they can they can check their Spotify metrics. They yeah. know how many people are buying their shit on Bandcamp and all that. So go there. You know, like we're here to recommend, but go there. Mm. And if you don't <laughs> like that, well, learn to love it. <laughs> so um, and and. Uh, th- I just wanted to bring up this man, this last compilation I grabbed. This was I bought this at a thrift store probably in the two thousands, long after it came out. It's uh South Florida Slammy Awards, Volume One. It's good. It's not the <laughs> World Wrestling Entertainment Slammy Awards. <laughs> yeah, this is it even has a type of slam. We should call this number and see who answers. There's a Slammy hotline. I'm not gonna say it, but it's just like a regular probably a Florida area code. Wow. Definitely yeah, th- this is from Lake Worth, Florida. Slammy Productions and GJ Records. Uh and um, from, yeah, '94. Uh, dude, listen to these bands, man. These are these are some. Old, I, I know a few of these names, and uh, like well, Malevolent Creation is probably the reason why I bought it at the thrift store when I saw them them on it yeah, uh, with the song that. "Tasteful Agony." Tension, not the Long Island Tension. Uh, Jack off Jill, Load, Raped Ape. Oh my God! Ambugalard, <laughs> sexual sinful lust, brutal mastication. Which I gotta go back. That's, that's probably another death metal band. Timescape Zero, Puya, Radio Baghdad, uh, Door Soul. Uh, there are a couple other bands, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this. I mean, mainly Malevolent Creation was why I bought this at the thrift store or wherever I found it, man. New CD store, but this had some cool stuff. But this goes to show you too, man. This was like this. Um, uh, look! Look! Thanks to all who helped make the Slammy Awards a slamming success. Yeah, <laughs> let's keep the scene alive. See you in the pit. <laughs> so Slam was already like a, I guess it was already like well, a thing. Then. No, it it, it wasn't because this was probably like just this was probably more your fast thrashing like mosh pit. Right. Like they called it Slam dancing. Yes. When you yes, were just yes, like, yes. In but the, not like you know, Slam as yeah. we know. No, no. Yeah. Now it's a whole new era. No way That's, I would call yeah. malevolent creation. No a Slam no, band. You know, no. like, the word like went away and came back in a completely different context yeah i think it probably used to be probably more relevant to it, fast music and it now 
back with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means like slow music. <laughs> slow this shit down to the yeah. heaviest vocals possible. Yeah, man. So, I, anything else on these compilations, man? You want? Well, I, you know, I had mentioned that corporate death one, that yes, re- that yes, relapse yes, one. Yes, you know, yeah. I, I, I guess, yeah, I, I guess all, all I was gonna say is like, like I felt that label identity was really important because you sort of like, yeah. you could delve into these little wormholes of the different labels. Relapse, like you said, had this whole thing where they had the experimental noise and they had mm. the grind core. They, they were a little bit more like avant garde. I feel like. So mm. Relapse comps were great because they were always like free in those little slips, yeah, and there exactly. would be like thirty or forty tracks. Yeah. I mean, there was Tons like infinity. Bands, weird, yeah. weird shit. Like that band yeah. Exit Thirteen. I remember discovering would be like the grindcore, you know, like vegan mm-hmm. grindcore. Then it would, then they played. It would be like verging on jazz, which I didn't realize was kind of ripping off Naked City by John Zorn, which yeah. I hadn't really heard at the time. But you know that then they had um Dead World, like you said, that sort of industrial yeah. band. They had the Repulsion was on there. I mean, it, I think Relapse was kind of paving the way for this kind of avant garde thing that we're talking about because it was a yeah. sensibility of yeah. like. You listen to crazy weird shit, and it's like it might be quote unquote death metal, or it might just be noise, or it might be, yeah. you know, they, they were kind of. I think they were kind of broadening. Whereas you know, you, you look at that earache one, and it's much more like you know, very old school, you know, death metal and grindcore. It's like there's not a yeah. lot of like you know, relapse kind of bringing out like Dillinger Escape Plan. Exactly, today is the day. Yes, that's that yeah. destroyer. Re- I think relapse when all is said and done is going to be looked at as one of the great like avant-garde labels you know what I mean like like regardless of metal it's just like a lot of errors to relapse too because if you go back so early on they have the whole black and white photocopy death metal yeah, exactly. era yeah. you know like a lot of cult shit right, right off the bat first Amorphous album all that stuff and then later on yeah like by the 2000s the late 90s and 2000s they kind of were right, right with the times like I just said with those bands and you know and well and then yeah, like cephalic, and yeah. then like Mastodon you, Mastodon, you know what yeah, I mean yeah. like it's like the, the, I don't uh, I mean that label is like you can't even get your head around what they've done for metal you know what I mean like yeah. it's been so many different yeah. absolutely absolutely man so I yeah with uh, I, I, I was glad you brought that up and um, might have to expand on this a, a little bit in the future this compilation these old compilations I have a bunch of tape compilations like underground compilations that was it was such a big deal in the 90s and it does make you think, like it, you know, the internet has kind of made that a, it's it's like a it's it's not relevant yeah. anymore. It's, you a, know, it's the, a forgotten the, style yeah. of publication. Yeah, yeah, because um, you don't really see that anymore. If anything, most most uh, format releases you see are just the band putting that out for collectors or people, you know, to sell for gas money. You know, but you don't uh, a, a, a compilation CD. I don't even know if labels make those anymore. So. But uh, something that we make is recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hank. So, what's your new recommendation here? Tell us all about it. Well, I, I just quickly preface by saying that two, the, probably my two favorite metal albums of the year, you guys have sort of already covered in some way, which would be the Moon Tooth album Crux and the um, Two Mold uh, Plantary Clairvoyance. Yeah, but I, I wanted to talk about this one because I haven't really heard too many people talking about this. Basically, this band is called Arch Matheos. It's uh, John Arch and Jim Matheos who were in Fate's Warning together in, mm-hmm. I believe, the, like the mid '80s. Uh, this album, Awaken the Guardian, um, which is very uh, prized among sort of prog, prog metal type people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't go as deep in that stuff as some people do with the whole Queensryche Dream Theater stuff, but there's something about this band that just gets me. Uh, it's super kind of Baroque, over-the-top, proggy, just unabashedly, you know, melodic, kind of soaring yes, music. Yeah, and this yeah. John Arch guy, you know, he apparently is... You know, he kind of retired for a long time. He was on these Fate's Warning albums. I think they kicked him out of the band, and then he reunited with the guitarist in like 2011 or something like that. But in terms of this style of metal, 
you know, his voice just really gets me. He has this absolutely insane melodic sense where he's just kind of like soaring all over the music and just kind of like, you know, again, this style isn't something I go super deep on when I hear it done well. I, it just absolutely fascinates me and, mm-hmm. and just just the sort of like beauty and invention of the music. Like you don't hear a lot of people... This style is very unfashionable. I don't. I don't know if it's ever been cool <laughs> um, in, in the eighties. I think uh, for in certain circles, maybe. But yeah, I'm. I'm a huge Queensrÿche guy. And I've heard you yeah. talk about that. Huge. Yeah. I love Queensrÿche. Yeah. Uh, Fate's warning. I, I've I've gotten into like in my adult life. Yeah. Um, and tried to like get deeper into. You did uh, link me this album in our exchanges yes. before the interview, and I did listen to it once or twice. Totally. Beautiful album, and yeah. it hits all those like kind of old school Queensrÿche marks for it me. It does. And I don't know if you follow Queensrÿche. There's been a whole lot of drama. Different and it's, singer. It's kind of resulted yeah. now in this latest album where their new singer. Who sounds like their old singer when he was young? Yes, Jeff uh, Tate, and yeah. he also and their new singer also played drums on the new album, which right, I found interesting. Right, but right, 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 right. The new Queensrÿche album is awesome. I've already talked about it on the podcast, and this kind of like fills a similar like uh, you know niche for me or exactly. whatever, man. And yeah, it's not a popular style of metal, but I love it, man. Y- you kind of just have to like go there with this stuff. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's it's like you know, I don't know. To me, the emotion in this guy's voice it just like slays me. I don't, I, and also the sort of like melodic invention, like he's just like kind of zipping all around. Like, how, where is he coming up with these vocal lines? It's kind of like they made the tracks and just like set him loose with the melodies and just let him do whatever he wants. And I feel like he's just sort of like kid in a candy store, you know, just just like unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, the, the vocals are what does this that does it for me with this band. And, and you know, the tracks are like eight nine minutes. You know, it's just very epic. Prague, you know, made in like, you know, it's a very old school like craft. I don't think a lot yeah. of people are like, you know, there's a lot of like care and love that goes in this music. It's clearly made just for the people who are like faithfully into this stuff. And it's, you know, it's, it's pretty nerdy and you got to get down with that. And, yeah, you know, I, and I just, I think it's brilliant. The, you know? I, I don't resent you using the word nerdy. I do resent you using Queensryche and Dream Theater in the same sentence before. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Because that's how deep I'm into this style. Oh, totally. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's like, of all these bands, this is the thing that... I, and I, I'm very... You know, I dig that, like, Rage for Order and, and that stuff. Yeah, I do. Yeah, know, yeah, a, yeah, A whole lot. But but I'm not an expert. I mean, I'm like an old Rush guy and all that stuff. But there's something about this record. You know, uh, what's the record called? Winter Ethereal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like you hear this in the background, you're going to know right away whether this is something that's going to pique your interest. It's got soul, man. You know, yeah, it's yeah, got heart. You that's know what, what I mean, I'm saying. Man? It's very soulful. You know, they're not it, just showing off. they got heart. Yeah, it's you know? beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's not like anything we've been talking about prior in the episode, but yeah, I think this record's fucking fantastic. So, if it, you know, it, uh, like I said, after the Moontooth and the Two Mold, which I think everyone listens, listens to this podcast has already heard about, um, you know. Yeah, listeners can go back. We've actually interviewed... Um, both of those bands right yeah. around the time those albums were, were released this year uh, yeah. just just to note for the for the uh, listeners yeah but yeah this is this is cool this is cool shit man so, i appreciate you turning me on to this yeah yeah just let it, let, I, I love it hell yeah. yeah let it ring out for a minute yeah 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 this this was really cool man i gotta i gotta check this out more it's like the best parts of some of that old like Def Leppard, you know, yes. melodic like it's, harmony quality. It, yeah, with it's like just, Dio kind of vibes. And like, see, I'm like a Dio fucking fanatic, so yeah, it hits it's me. Like, it's like Dio going to the mall with his girlfriend. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
right, we're getting to some old stuff right away. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, now. we're just to, uh, because of the format tonight. We're kind of adjusting the recommendations. We're just getting to the meat tonight. <laughs> so, uh, so for my classic boy today, uh, I brought in uh, Germany's Atrocity. Wow, their 1992 record. You just hit me over the head with something here, man. This is crazy. I, I'm a little familiar. The old school, the afterbirth guys all like swear yeah. by atrocity. Yeah, This yeah, is so. sick. So this is yeah. my first kind of dive into it because I've, I've, I've mentioned on, on previous episodes, I'm kind of going into like the uh, the, the origins of um, of modern technical death metal. You you are, yes. So, uh, so this, this record kind of um, hits those points. Uh, it's... It's... It has this like such refined complexity quality to it, uh, to the song structure and the arrangement. Um, the guitar work is insane. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like the best parts of like Testament, like the two guitar players kind of mm. working together. Um, and from from everything I've read about this band is like in in the early '90s, like the first two records uh, by Atrocity, like this was the European death metal band of the of the early '90s. Um, so. Yeah, this it kind of has like this atheist meets death, like mm-hmm. sort of quality to it. And like I said, testament with the especially like the guitar harmonies that that are uh, prevailing throughout. And I love because it has these cynic vibes. But this came out a year before Focus came out, mm. um, so say what you will. <laughs> um, this band is actually still around. They've had, they have at least like a dozen releases. I think they put out an album last like, year. Yeah, or, for or, sure. or, or earlier this year even. Yeah, but they yeah. Uh, Earlier this year, yeah, and, uh, yeah, but they've kind of divulged from from this like really like a uh, grounded death metal sound. Um, put it this way, they were on Napalm Records for about ten years. Oh, um, so they kind of like ventured into this uh, like hard rock, singy, uh, goth industrial type thing. Okay, uh, you you know people might not dig it if you're digging what you're hearing right now. The, the late nineties got weird. It got fucking weird, man. Yeah, Marilyn Manson came out and everybody lost it. You had to, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, what was that girl you were trying to get into? Like, what was she listening to? That's, that's what was going on, allegedly. Um, but you know, when you if you're looking for uh, for sort of the origins of modern tech death metal, if you're into that kind of thing, this album is is an absolute essential. And uh, I spun it a couple times, you know, the past few days while I was researching it, and I can't wait to just have it on repeat next little while. Um, very interesting. Uh, very interesting choices and in, in mostly like the arrangements. Um, oh, that riff! Shit, yeah, yeah this is fantastic. Yeah. This, I believe, this song is actually on that at Death Door compilation I mentioned. Wow, yeah, cool, I think man. I think it's actually on that. Yeah. Wow, that that ties this episode yeah. in crazy. Yeah. Wow, nice. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Really amazing band, man. And and uh, you know, I, I've heard this here and there, and it's like I said, these the Afterbirth guys who I kind of look up to in terms of death metal because they're more old school than me they talk about how big this band was to them when they were coming of age you can totally see like uh, the the threads in in the technical chunky yeah 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 Oh, my God. 
to respect our format, and we have some time constraints this evening, because Hank was nice enough to take the Long Island Railroad out to our undisclosed location. Actually, we've 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 said that we're in Huntington, and we got to get him back on the train because it can be really frustrating trying to navigate back home late at night on the LIRR. So to respect Hank's time tonight, we're going to cut the recommendations down to, like I said, just the lean beef. So I, I don't think we could get much more lean beef than this, That's man. What are you bringing it, uh, us in, Hank? This right. is, this? This is uh, Frozen in Time by Obituary. Um, I think I said before, Obituary is a band I was into growing up. I had the incomplete, uh, you know, kind of the early staples, kind of lost track of them. Then I saw them live around, you know, maybe 2008, night or something like that. And I was like, oh, you know, what have they been up to? I, I, I found this record and I was like, oh, you know, actually, I, I, to me, I, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. I think this might be their best album. I'm just going to say this might be the best obituary album. I, I think, you know, to me, in terms of them discovering who they are, like sort of what they are and what they are not, mm-hmm. to me, this is that record. It's like they, they are concerned with nothing on this album other than just like pure badass like groove. They're yes. not trying to win the whole they're not competing with speed with any other band they're mm-hmm. kind of just like laying back and just there it's just like acdc death metal yeah you know I mean? like that's what the, and, and, and it's yeah. also them i mean you could argue is this even a death metal album to me it's just an mm. obituary album mm. it's sort of like yeah. i don't even care what this you know what i'm saying it's like right. because this has no bearing to any modern death metal you know what i mean modern death metal is like faster more triggers more you know more <sighs> hectic more this this is just lay back in the groove True. right you know it has a lot of bearing on modern hardcore apparently it I was does. Say, if this yeah. came out today it would be we have a totally different conversation yeah. and like you were saying record. power trip because it's sure. like this whole thing where you know there's a crossover and the this and the that i mean this is just, it's just a riff album you know in this first track redneck stomp which has no vocals on it mm-hmm. it doesn't you know the vocals in the end are the thing that sort of places it in one subgenre or another mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. this is just it's just fucking riff music you know what i mean it's just zeppelin it's acdc it's you know i don't don't think of this like death metal i just think of this as like rock and roll do you yes. know what i mean like like it, it just you know has amazing fucking feel donald tardy one of the greatest drummers in any kind of heavy rock music incredible or and listen to that snare sound you know yeah. what i mean like this he, is like he's hitting really hard oh my you can god just it. it's, it's just like, like jesus christ and the and the, and it's so organic and it's mm-hmm. just you know i just you know and trevor perez you know these riffs are just like there any other band if they were playing the these riffs without this kind of attitude and swagger they mm-hmm. wouldn't have that impact they're just it's just power chords you know what i mean it's just super straightforward but they just have that conviction you know this is where like they're they're a veteran band and they're just kind of like driving it home and they're and they're like confident in their simplicity of their ideas right you know and, I mean? and like you said before uh because I, I i totally agree with how you're looking how you look at this album where it's like you're not hearing it as a death metal no. album. you hear it as just like it's its own entity redneck stomp yeah i feel like is a death metal anthem yeah it is you know really yeah. uh, like this if, you, if you saw them around this time they were using it to open all their shows and, and yeah. then you know it'd be great because they play this tardy's not on stage john mm-hmm. tardy they finished tardy comes out and then yeah. the show really gets started you know what i mean yeah. this is like i mean yeah. and when i saw obituary live you know and and started to really investigate like i said they they went from the kind of like you know uh, around like a five six in my esteem to like an 11 in terms of how i regarded mm-hmm. them like like mm-hmm. like this is a classic fucking like they are a, to me they're like a great rock band or a blues band or what they just like they're like zz top one of these bands. It's wow. time, it's I timeless. like that a lot. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I really appreciate it. They, they're not trying to evolve. They're just refining. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to me, this album, it's like the refinement of... It's like their core idea is just, just expressed with no... Like we're saying, no fat on it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? 
You know, you know what's funny, man. You're gonna make me quote Chris Basile from Pyrexia again, which I do every episode yeah. now. Yeah, but uh, some, you and him are like this. Something he you related. Can't, you can't see this, yeah, people. Yeah, but so something. <laughs> we're, we're, we're buddies. Something he related to me though was um, Donald Tardy said something once along the lines of like, you know, pe- people ask like, when you're gonna grow out of death metal? It's like, well, when's BB King gonna grow out of the blues? Hell yeah, man! It's you know the same what I mean? Like, thing. it's it's yeah. it's, it's the same fucking you, thing. You know, and it just kind of. Yeah. I had I thought about that when you're talking about ZZ Top, ACDC. Uh, you know, I, to me, I'm always like, I don't think about this stuff in this, in these little boxes. Like, it's just it's it's just fucking. You know, I like these artists in any genre that just kind of they 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 pick a thing and they just sit there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And this year after year after year, they're just professionals. You will never see this band play like a bad show. You will never yeah. hear them put out an album that doesn't sound like them. And not every band can pull it off because they don't have the formula that's that. You know. Con- convincing, right? You know I mean? And even the most recent album they put out, which was, um, I think it was a self-titled, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's 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 faster than anything else they've done. Yeah. It's more on the thrash tip, yeah. but it still is very obituary. Always, you know? it's you, you, you're, on the, point. The, 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 yeah, you're, you're not going to hear them coloring outside the lines, and that's not what we want from them. It's just like we don't. That's not, it's, it's not what we want from ACDC or any of these bands. They're just that kind of band. You yes. know, they're, they're not like Morbid Angel, where they're going to throw you like 15 curveballs. You know. Right. So anyway. Frozen Time obituary. I love every album, but this is this is one of my favorites. So, uh, Hank Steamer, man, we really appreciate you coming all the way out to Huntington, uh, Long Island, to our studio, uh, talking about death metal, talking a little bit about your experience uh, in music and uh, in journalism, man. And we encourage the listeners to check you out. You can always, like we said, look you up uh, on the internet. Your Rolling Stone profile comes right up, and it links to several articles that you have there. Yep. Uh, if it, if we didn't even get to cover your book on um, we, what was the Ween album? Chocolate and cheese. Chocolate yeah. and cheese. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or some of your other ventures and your yeah. bands. It's all on my website. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have your website. What's your website address? Just hanksteamer.com. Yeah, okay. just my name. And S H T E A M E R. Yep. Thank you. And we actually do not have a dot com yet, but we have an Instagram. We have a Facebook. We have a Twitter. Uh, you can email us at heavyholepodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And do you have that phone number handy? Yeah, you can give us a call at 631-837-3274. Tom, uh, uh, obituary is playing. I don't, can't hear you. Oh, uh, sorry. 631-837-3274. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hank, thanks again. Any uh, last final words for um, uh, readers of yours that might have listened, oh. friends of yours, or listeners of the show? And plug the podcast. Oh, man, too. yeah. My podcast, Heavy Metal Bebop, if you're interested in that whole jazz metal overlap, you might might be interested in checking it out. I've had, you know, Pure on Pure on, on and Kenny Grahowski plays an Imperial Triumphant. There's a lot of death metal talk on that podcast. Also, I just want to say thank you to you guys for having me because this is fucking awesome. I listen to this podcast pretty much every week, and I just think it's a it's a blast to be able to talk about this stuff. So thank you. Oh, awesome. yeah. Man. Awesome. We, yeah. we appreciate you, man. We appreciate that people are listening to us talk about this stuff, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, cool. There it is. All right. Happy awesome. hole. One. Thanks. Let's catch a train. Okay.